OCR disrupt with Nick Day and James Buckley. It might get a little controversial, yeah, it could get a little ugly. Keep it hella entertaining every single time. You can never hate this. Keep it authentic, just face it. This is way more than just racing. Yeah, yeah. A community that's bigger every year. Fastest growing mass participation sports in the world. You ain't down with OCR disrupt. You must be out your mind. Every time they keep it live, time to tune in and subscribe. Woo! Welcome to the OCR Disrupt Podcast with your hosts Nick Day and James Brockley. Welcome back to part B of episode four. Lots of debate to come ahead of you, so stay tuned and enjoy. And of course, please like and review this podcast if you can at the end. All you have to do is launch Apple's podcast app, look for our podcast, OCR Disrupt, scroll to the bottom, tap the reviews tab, click five stars if you can. If you really want to be kind, tap write a review at the bottom. That would be super, super helpful. Otherwise, sit back, relax and enjoy part B. So what have we got on this podcast, James? We've got, should John have to qualify for obstacle course races? Why everyone should do an OCR road trip? Now whether that... And then Becky says there's this race called Tough Mudder. They've got new things. Not really heard of it. No. I hear it's like a Spartan race. Haven't done it since 2013. <laughs> it's a good race. Oh, yeah? I was four in 2013, but you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, we've got kit reviews as well. We also have a community shout-out, feedback from the Facebook.com OCR Disrupt group, John versus Alistair Brownlee, and, of course, our athlete shout-out including James's Dick of the Day. OCR Disrupt, attempting to tackle controversial conversations. Debate number two, and I've had this debate with my own wife, so I'm going to bring it into the discussion. <laughs> Should John, and I've heard this in public, he was on the OCR audio podcast talking about uh, a, a comment between Killian and mm. um, John where I mean, Robert Killian's called him out and said he needs to qualify for Iceland Spartan Ultra, mm-hmm. which means John said he has to go to either New Zealand or Australia, do the Mexico Ultra, or Australia. Mexico or Australia, uh, to qualify to do it, and he's not going to go all the way that way when he's clearly his world champ. Yes. He, the idea of having qualifying criteria is to make sure the best races are in mm-hmm. the race. Yeah. This is John's interpretation, um, and therefore he shouldn't have to qualify because clearly he's world champion five times running Spartan world champion Twice. he runs Sky Series ultra races it's ridiculous asking him to qualify mm. so if you take my wife's angle on it because we had this debate last night and she got quite away because someone doesn't really bothered about OCR it's amazing how you can get about something when you really yeah. believe in it right she absolutely disagrees thinks it's arrogant to uh, just think you should automatically qualify it should be the same rules for everybody if you're good enough pick a race if you planned earlier you wouldn't mm. have to go to Mexico or Australia because he could have raced in Scotland too many big races that's a counter argument I'm just laying out how it stands here I think we should all just sit on one side and just leave Nick on the other (laughs) so these these are the potential contentious points right so should John have to qualify for or John or anybody if there's a criteria there because you're world champion do you not have to qualify I think well in John's case I think it's it's fine but where do you draw the line? Exactly. So, like, what about the person who comes third and one, wins one? Here's a question. Do you have to qualify to enter the Iceland race anyway? Or is it just to qualify to enter this one million? I think you do have, I think you do have to qualify. Yeah. I don't think you do. I think, I think maybe so. it's just you have to qualify to, to enter the one million. Yeah, like... 
So I think maybe it's just to qualify to the mini event. I think the qualify for a twenty-four hour race. It's on their rules. You but have to qualify. I, I, I think I don't think that bit matters. I think it's a hypothetical. If yeah. there's so the world champs, mm. so should John have to qualify for the world champs next year? As another question, or should he have to qualify for Spartan world champs or any race? If there's qualifying criteria, if you win so the ten thousand meters Olympic champion, do you have to qualify in four years' time? Yes, but it's yes. selected by a country, not by the race that's organising. And actually, in Olympic qualifications, you can be the best person ever going yeah. back from injury. You don't meet your car time. You don't time's go. never going to work. So that's the only thing I can yeah. think of. Like in, in, in other sports, you have to hit the qualifying criteria mm. well, typically. So what about top two in the country? They, but we have no general standard no, of country. No way of doing it. Yeah. Muscle league, then John wasn't in it. Yeah. So then he wouldn't qualify. So uh, the, the issue you've got is where do you draw the line? So there are lots of people that call themselves elite. In my view, there's only really a handful of genuinely athletes out there. Yeah. Pretenders yeah. versus yeah, pretenders versus contenders, right? Yeah. How far down that list do you go to give people free yeah. passes? I think with John, the problem is he's won everything, but he's never done a 24-hour Spartan race. So I can kind of sit on their side of things and go, you haven't done one, you can't qualify. That's fine. If he'd done one in the past, a year ago and won, but I'd be like... most of the people entering the race. No, but if you've got a though, and you've gone out and deliberately done, paid for and done your qualifying race in order to get there for the sport. That is paid for it, but... Well, whatever. Yeah, he's yeah. had to go in to put himself through it and someone else hasn't and they're similar level on a job better, but they're yeah. up there as a I completely generally. agree from his side. I understand. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, I'm sat on the fence here going, well, what are their rules? Because I can't argue. I mean, if I was Spartan, I'll absolutely make him qualify because I'm pretty sure my insurers would be unhappy with me if mm. I've got a million pound prize on the line and, and I put criteria. Yeah, it's, so more, it's more high. It's more that's more of a business related Marching. decision. But it's where you set the bar. Yeah. So I think... I've had an idea. I'm wine. Some people like my saying this, but here we go. The best. Nick, please tell me your idea. Completely original, and I've never original. Heard it so the idea should be a bit like Masters Golf. If you've won a race in the past, a world championship, whatever the race might be, then you're you give yourself a free pass to all quali- all races in the future. So you won a world champs, won a Spartan world champs. You never have to qualify. You ever have to qualify again? But do you then break it down to categories: Spartan trifecta world championship, Spartan. American Tahoe Mountain World Championship Spartan 24 hour because they're three different races yeah, it has to be per race so he's, has, he's never done a 24 hour Spartan race though, no so for me you'd have to qualify oh cool I thought you were going I'm on the he needs to qualify for that race but he should never have to qualify for Spartan Worlds again never have to qualify for World, Worlds yeah. again he can then work his race calendar Just out and if he does win he can, and I don't think you have to win I think if you get to podium yeah. that's good enough for yeah because that will maintain the competition as well because if you came second they thought oh I'm not actually going to try and qualify because exactly and it pushes competition it makes it harder because yeah, exactly. you think oh god I don't have to do it next year because yeah. the, the other side of things are there are people that have raced the OCR World Championships in the past that haven't qualified and they've been put in the elite wave as selected yeah. even though the rules say you must qualify they've been selected athletes and I can't argue with that I think it's perfect neither can I to be fair because you need to make your sport as yeah. competitive as possible yeah so it, it's at what point do we change do we change it yeah what was on from, the top from mother, Mrs. Tough Mudder here what was <laughs> Um, I remember for Tougher Mudder European Championships, which was in the UK, London West in July, you had to be in the top 10 in the Tougher Mudder before, or they added in a sentence, or you can be I guess inv- invited. Yeah. So I'll put this on the Facebook group. I want to know if people think you should have to qualify. It should be the one rule for everybody, mm-hmm. and not have this whole, well, actually we'll bring him in, him and him and we'll have to qualify. Or do we have it as it is at the moment, potentially where you're allowed to... I mean, the races can do what they want at the moment, because again, yeah. we don't have the governance. But if you had the governance, I'm to shift. After the Tougher Mudder Europeans, they sent uh, an email to the top five saying that you get free entry for Tougher Mudder Worlds. But if the criteria is set yeah. already, you know, I don't know if the rules should be changed. Personally, I think John should be allowed to do whatever he wants. He's won everything. I'm, I'm generally of that camp, but I totally understand it from the other side. Mm. Um, and I like the idea of having the Masters rules in golf where even yeah. if you're 90 years old, n- you know, in 19, I think that's such a good idea. 30, you can still turn up and get on the start line. I've got to see where housemates I think I've got quite a lot of ideas. Talk to Jason. So anyway, let us know what you think on the Facebook group.
should you have to qualify well should John really the enough. debate is the middle part the, mid, the, it is, the, yeah. the just below like Johns yeah. oh, I mean, if it's just the just below Johns then nah, sorry off you go you've got to qualify no one's that good just below John time for a quick debate Becky's going to tell us why everyone should do an OCR road trip. Oh, I had so much fun at Toughest Oslo. Hey, Becky, why are we all going to a Toughest Oslo road trip? Oh, things? I had so much fun. I loved Toughest because of the format of the race. But yeah, it's just the whole experience, I think, because it's, it's exciting. The race is, is a small part of it. It's not, it's not just about the race, so mm. therefore it takes off pressure. It takes off things. If it doesn't go well, then you can kind of get over it a bit better, yeah. maybe. And then it's just every second is exciting. It's literally... The race weekend has begun as soon as one of your yeah. friends comes and saves you and picks you up to drive to at the airport. 5am or whatever. Yeah, 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 exactly. No, I know. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't I mean, matter what time it is. It's, and then it's fun. you meet all your friends at the airport, you sit in, yeah. you know, Starbucks yeah. or whatever posh restaurant you, you want get, to get, get your caviar you out. You get your adapter. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, and you just chat about racism. It's, yeah. it's really, really good. I, I definitely like it. And but, I think you get to know people a lot better. Hmm. Like just over the space of one night, two nights, three days, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I've. I've get to know people better and it's, and it's you cool. also meet people you never think you would meet because you know I, I, yeah. obviously we went to Oslo and um, joined a lot of the wild no, nuclear you could have seen it I was going to say wild forest team but it wasn't um, <laughs> no. that I'd never really spent any time with and it was good to actually sit time yeah, and chill with them sorry Nick and James I'm Becky I need to interrupt you for an important announcement listeners James and Nick need your help Please, when you get a moment, type Mud Run Guide nominations into Google. Click the link. It will take you to an awards nominations page. Scroll to the bottom and under Best OCR Podcast, please type OCR Disrupt. They want this OCR Disrupt podcast on the shortlist for when the full voting opens on the 7th of December and therefore need your help. That's all for now. Back to the rumblings of Nick and James. And Becky. Is that your first road trip? Outside the country? Yeah. Oh, no, I went to Euros. Okay. Tell us why, in, a, in one sentence, everyone should go and do an OCR road trip. It's the whole package. It was about the people and all the bits around the race. The race is not as important, almost. And Such that can be a good thing. Well, we went to Tuffers Oslo. I, I, had, I was smiling pretty much the whole time. That's what I felt like when I came back. Like a, yeah. I had fun the whole time. Not just in the race. I wasn't thinking about the race the whole time, but the race was great. But then the whole thing was... I think that's where OCR started as a community thing, anyway, didn't it? Most of yeah, us get into people. that bit, the people, the support over the obstacles, and you start getting yeah. realising you're quick. <laughs> and even if you don't think that's what you're there for, that's it's like a it's like a surprise extra bonus. Like, I love racing, and that's why I do it. But then, on top of that, you get all these extra... And I was things. up in Oslo, where you joined us as well, but Dad's my body is my temple. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the mayonnaise sandwich eating vegan. <laughs> I was out with Phoenix Dad and he was he was telling me all about his you know his past yeah, and we were having old fashioned so whiskeys in the evening so much in common as well yeah we were drinking cocktails and I was yeah. like I didn't even know he drank you know so that was quite good and then James joined us a bit later having climbed up a few ski slopes in and, the dark yeah and you don't get to do that you know until 1am so in the morning have stayed in the same place as we can it's good that fun so what, what do you think are the p- things stopping people from doing an OCR trip fear potentially I don't know probably just money yeah, just money. Money, time. Like but a tough mother race is, is more expensive than some European races to get there. I reckon if you book a tough mother lane, it's more expensive than going to Tuffers yes. Oslo. Mm. It was worth it. Like, yeah, I booked it in March. The race was in September. How much were flights? Most of you booked it before that. Yeah. Don't ask us what our flights cost, but how much were your flights <laughs> to Oslo? Mm, I can't remember. 100 and something. Oh, any, races, any European races planned for next year? Oh, well, I'd love to do more Tuffers. That's I would okay. really like to do. I'd love to do all of them. But Euros? It's time away from, yeah, Euros is like the number one one. 
Gdansk. And uh, if anyone isn't aware yet, you be aware if you are planning for it that the first race is on the Thursday. Mm, yeah. Yes, I've seen that. A lot of people were already really people really sassy and upset on Facebook, really yeah. crying about it. So like, did you not read the start date, mate? The start date was from Thursday to Sunday. Yeah. Was it always that? Yeah. And that was, oh, was and it? that was based on feedback from yeah. from the races this year. The race always said that be there from Thursday to Sunday. It didn't say there was a race on Thursday, but it didn't say there was a race on Friday, Saturday or Sunday. So you've got a lot of sympathy then for those that have uh... Yeah, Crimea River. <laughs> So what, what are things you need to remember? If you're going to know salvage, what are the, what are things you need to plan? What are the uh, essentials? Travel adapter. Travel adapter, yeah, definitely number one. Garmin charger. Passport might be an idea. <laughs> there was someone that turned up to the world, wasn't there, two oh, years no. ago? And he got there and Ty? his partner had cut his face oh, out yes. of his passport. Yeah, yeah. he relationship issue. Breakdown. It's quite clever. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I have checked my passport every time I've got into the car. Like, not, I've got it, I've opened it up like, okay, we're all good. Like, if it happened to me, I'd be devastated. Tinder matches. What are you on about? <laughs> it's hard not to slightly respect the method, Yeah. you know, to get there or all your UK kit, airport and your buses. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just don't accidentally put it in your bin <laughs> Robin again what did he do? have you not heard? <laughs> right. he got his whole company to sponsor him to go yeah they paid for him sponsored him and then uh, threw his passport in the bin and can go <laughs> <laughs> oh what bless him absolute oh. <laughs> I do <think> that <laughs> oh I do love you Robin but today Andrew French is my friend <laughs> Yeah, so you probably would have done quite well. Things not to forget, though, that's what we were saying. Yeah, things not to forget. Passport, travel adapter, Garmin adapter. Garmin charger. Unless you're ready, then definitely forget it. I think always uh, pack porridge. Because in the mornings, the, yeah. I don't need you have to get up super food. early for the races. Yeah, pre race food. For me, that's porridge pot, but yeah, I think that's important. Shoes. Shoes. I usually overpack. Yeah, we did manage to, I did manage to go to Oslo with just hand luggage, though. Mm-hmm. Well, we entered the Euros with Rebecca Cohen. Yeah. who bought like an extra large suitcase I've never seen something so big it was absolutely yeah. massive but she's so helpful well yeah she had everything yeah, exactly. put half a house in the bag yeah so helpful <laughs> well really just should be done Some, yeah. they're just yeah. amazing races as well you haven't really done I don't think you've really done or understand what OCR racing is so you've done it, something that's slightly different to the UK races you get abroad because all the races are brought up and they're so, so yeah. different yeah, yeah. So different. And I don't think budget has to be the thing that stops you because I think you can With make it affordable. Planning. I've yeah. already written down my races 2019 now. Yeah, you sent me the, the pictures <laughs> the other day of the whole race plan. I was like, busy doing work. And I was like, <laughs> well, she wasn't researching for the podcast. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Obstacle course, race results, upcoming events, and athlete shout outs. Well, Becky has something she's desperate to talk about. Tough Mudder's new things. Because you're oh. a big Tough Mudder advocate. And they've, they've changed, haven't they? They've, they've, we've mentioned it in a previous podcast. They've actually done a bit of the toughest thing with a hard lane, easy level lane. Up lane level, up, calling, level up, I don't expect there'll be many of them. But I have, you know, they've seen, they've, they released the videos last week, didn't they? Of Augustus Gloop. The one where you go up the pipe with the water coming down. They brought that back. It wasn't in it this year, but it was in it last year. And they brought it back and they've got different handholds up the water spout, essentially. So there's harder ones and easier ones. I don't know what the benefits. Is everything named after a nursery one? I missed that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's Mudderhorn. That's the big one. What was it? Twenty-five feet. You are aware that neither of us have seen any. Okay, of this. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, please do. They've got a big A-frame. So just to clarify, so that Tough Mudder is stepping it up by putting in an A-frame. Yeah. Challenging the fear of heights. They've got the gauntlet, which is probably the most exciting from us, us technical obstacle okay. racers rigs. It looks like it's sort of like rope, rope. One of those USA, USA nice type things. A little rig with a little break in the middle with some rings um, and some other things. Black Widow. More Sla- slack lines, yeah. which I really know about. Like. Yeah. Absolutely. Been waiting for the day. <laughs> been waiting for the day or that day that the, the, the slack line is mandatory obstacle. The leap of faith um, is basically just a big jump. But it's such a flimsy 
rope ladder to catch kind of thing does look tricky that was in the world's toughest mudder as well spread eagle that was is... tested this year so um, spread you eagle are you, are you just going to walk across it or do you have to go no down? I, I saw it in the middle of the race didn't know it was going to be there went around the corner saw it I thought oh my god sat lines I actually said that to the marshal and then I said can I walk on it and they said no oh. and I was like oh so you have to kind of shimmy along on your shins did they which... say no showing off <laughs> they probably didn't expect that to. Entrapments, which is a Lara Croft style traverse. Yeah, they just use it. You don't have to you do the electric shock. Hydrophobia. Ones. That was in this year. That's just diving under the things, but people got cold in Texas in the Holden. races. What is that? Like, for right. example, the, the Hero Carry, it's piggyback. You don't do that if you're in okay. a competitive race. And so, tight squeeze, which looks like you're just going under that's a, a just plastic cruel. pipe. Yeah, so it's not, there's nothing, there's not loads of new things, but it's. But at least they're, they're changing it up. And they're listening, and it is getting more difficult, and they are focusing on the competitive element as well as being tougher together I mean it is changing we were looking at 2015 OCR Worlds yeah. videos where everyone failed a rig which now would look at and yeah. in theory laugh, laugh at it and I think in the last three years it's changed up. even the athletes if you watch the videos back I say athletes in inverted commas but those that did it myself included in 2015 <laughs> we're all a little bit carrying a little bit more timber and we're all doing you know a bit heavier elites might be getting less on the start line but I think they're getting fitter and faster yes I mean the best are super fit athletes they're changing com- it up compared to any sport yeah. Yeah. so Tough Mudder's one to look up are you doing Tough Mudder? probably yeah, haven't bought a season pass yet I did this year but there's fewer races next year Okay. and there's three that are quite far away from where I live so, so what's the race that Becky Rendell is looking forward to most next year well Worlds is the main aim okay. and Euros that's your Worlds and Euros is that A races I really want to do some toughest races what are your goals <laughs> that was embarrassing I don't know um, well, I want to do better than I did this year for Worlds I came 16th okay. in the 15k so that sounds like top 15 but you never know how hard it's going to be next year goals for Euros I don't know this year I, I ran age group at Euros because I wanted to test out doing three races because yeah. that's what I wanted to do at Worlds and I wasn't sure how I was going to do with that so I put myself in age group instead so I haven't really decided about Euros yet but I really do like the short course as well because I enjoy the obstacles so I like the emphasis that it puts on the obstacles and I like running fast I really enjoyed the kind of speed element of well what would have been speed if everyone could do all the obstacles who's the one that you're worried about that you haven't raced much or was looking really strong I mean Monique for example has improved massively this and year and her endurance is so great she does She's all the so math. She just keeps going. Ultra races. Is yeah. there anyone that's sort of you've seen that's just come into it in the UK who think actually they're really improving fast or I'm not sure. Josie's doing really well, she's getting faster. Josie Nye. She's came second in the in the West Quality just now. So she's she came just behind us on um, at Challenge Cup. Yeah. She's been racing for years. But she's getting faster. It's just it's just being an all rounder and racing, like actually being kind of a bit grr and a bit competitive. A which... bit grr. I get uh, my ringtone. <laughs> Well, we're not going to. We've got no more race overviews unless you want to talk about your amazing victory at Challenge Cup. Thanks. It went well. I, I did every obstacle, no problem. How different was it from the world's course? Because you had um, a lot of obstacles. It was back shorter. In. Yeah. Um, it was similar, so it was easier because it was shorter. But it was totally different because because you had to do everything first time. I did do that at Worlds, apart from two obstacles, which was Skitch and Skull Valley. I had to have a retry on. So the pressure was on because you had to do it straight away. If you failed it? Then you had a penalty. Penalty. So it keeps the race flowing. Like Back into my favourite system of yes, my bands. it is a great system. So I think Challenge Cup kind of has it right. No. Just everyone has to start it because we didn't. We were missing a lot of those women probably because of the cold. Mm. Okay. So yeah. maybe just take out some water. But you smashed it. Nice big trophy. Really? Killed it. It's kind of the UK champs, right? It's the kind of UK champs. Unofficially. Yeah, unofficially UK No, champs. but not everyone was in it. That's not... Uh, that's you can only race if you're racing. You've got to be in it to win it. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah, it's not there. My dad say. 
cross country. Your dad is very wise. I remember doing cross country growing up. There was lots of slogans that they used to put on the back of jumpers. Did anyone see that? No? I didn't run. I had one jumper that says first is first, second is nowhere. That's because everybody in cross country had that. I used to have a poster that said second place is the first loser. Yeah, first is first, second is nowhere. You suck. You're a loser. Loser. I have one that said is the taking part that counts. (laughs) No, you didn't. (laughs) The coat turned up. (laughs) What are you on about? Community fundraising that needs your support. Community piece I'd like to make mention is Amy Spade is doing a Death Races OCR and a 1,553 mile fastest known time event. She's known as Amy Livewire Spade. Amy's running to raise money for Nerve Tumors UK, a charity which supports sufferers of the genetic disorder neurofibromatosis, which causes tumors to form on nerve tissue. The cause is particularly close to her heart as her partner, Adam Jacobs, who is, though I don't know, is a really, it does pretty much every OCR race going, has type 1 neurofibromatosis. So she's raising for that. Um, and Adam Jacobs is a St Albans local for us. So I'm going to have a shout out there, being from St Albans as well. Uh, he does loads of OCR races, really active in the Muscle League. So really good cause. And James, you've got a link where people want to support it and make a donation? or uh, We'll pop one into the group so it's easier to find. bit of feedback following our last episode on the volunteers i wanted just to cover because i think there were some really good points made there were two in particular i'd like to highlight one from uh, jojo mama barker i'm sure a lot of you will be familiar with jojo she marshals regularly she did say i haven't got many issues with people most of the ocr community are kind decent like-minded people but her irritations are caused by certain individuals who feel they can cheat or bend the rules because they're competing no you can't if you're competing follow the rules end of and secondly she says bad manners which I totally get uh, and littering of gels and I'm going to just mention that a little bit on the littering side uh, Craig Daniels makes a really really good point on the Facebook discussion board and please do join the conversation if you're not there already just go along to facebook.com forward slash OCR disrupt and you can join the conversation and really obviously keen to hear from you all but for Craig he basically went on to say that he's been a Spartan volunteer but his biggest frustration at OCR events in general is to see the brands still using plastic single-use cups at drink stations and this is obviously a really hot topic at the moment in terms of the amount of plastic that we're using in races but often they're, they're just thrown and found in the mud and obviously it's people like Craig that have to then pick them up now, if you tally up in your head, he says, how many drink stations there are and how many runners, in, runners there are, particularly how many cups each runner probably uses at each station, conservatively, he says, there's probably three. Now, there's, I don't know, a thousand entrants in a race. That's three times 1,000. That's 3,000 cups going into going into landfill that aren't being recycled. So I think it's, uh, it's a really good point to, to raise. Recycling will not necessarily happen so basically what he's saying here is you know we need to be maybe race organizers or races themselves need to be slightly more conscious i'm not sure what the solution is but he says we need to think about our individual daily habits and the future of our children and theirs and so on a recent report publicized by the bbc and the guardian suggests we have a 12-year window before the planet's temperature rises to a point that mother nature will no longer tolerate our existence if we continue the way we are on a myriad of issues this being one of them so you know something to think about i think and to be fair nuclear is one of the races that does offer a a slight solution in the fact that they have tanks of water with inclined tap heads and maybe that is a solution for, for other 
people. Something to think about for sure. But I think it's um, you know littering the course and, and perhaps ways to almost think about the use of plastic is something that we need to need to have a look at. So yeah, thanks for the feedback. Keep it coming. Go to facebook.com forward slash OCR disrupt to join the conversation. I'll kick review. Review I want to talk about is the Velo Fort bars, mm. which I got sent a box prior to the world. Now, slight caveat here, I'd like to say they were amazing. Becky didn't, by the way. Oh, Becky yeah, didn't. She was too busy receiving postal orders of shoes. <laughs> she requested a box. No, they, they said they were sending They said they were sending oh, some, and, and didn't. But, oh, um, that's the only reason she came onto the podcast, because apparently if you have an OCR to start podcast, they send you a box. And Becky's like, well, I'll have to get on the podcast then. Because they won't send it to me. Apparently, sixteenth in the world isn't isn't good enough. So. No damn corner, is it? So fifteenth of the losers, isn't it? Yeah, but we did get sent a box of Relo Fort bars. We, the natural eater in the group, which is me, <laughs> consume them all. Uh, the bars were uh, called Rocket Fuel, Perfect Nutrition by Men's Health Magazine. Had to say. They, oh, okay, two things here. So how did your race go, Nick? Yeah, so this is where I'm going to give a slight caveat, because my race did not go to plan, but I don't think it's any fault of the bars. Mm. They were really good. So to give a bit of background to them, they have launched because they are trying to bring into the market bars which are naturally free from gluten, dairy, additives, preservatives. The Avanti and Fonto bars are vegan as well. They're really digestible, uh, free from, as I say, free from any nasties. Part, you know, unless you like... For you. Yeah, unless you are a fan of cinnamon, which I'm not then some of them well a couple of them are very cinnamony and they will rank because I don't like cinnamon but if you like cinnamon they're probably not no I can't stand cinnamon (laughs) but that's a personal preference I have to say they're they're really good they're really good and and not just myself um, I shared a couple of them around because they sent me a full box I just didn't give any exchange (laughs) and in terms of taste some of these if they're they're gluten free lactose free vegan sugar free yeah then I'm out anyway don't you worry about that you'd generally be surprised like they were they were really tasty so what did they taste like Cinnamon. They had a berry. So they have a Classico, a Choco, a Debosco, a Pronto, an Avanti, and a Forza. What even are those words? What do they even it's mean? Italian. They're all related to Italian. I think the Velo, the trick is in the name, so I think they're following the cycling. cycling. So they sent me a, a mixed sample pack. They're handmade bars, which I think is quite interesting. They're all using natural ingredients. And if you're looking for something that's kind of an alternative to the sugary-based bars that we find these days, then it's a really, really good alternative. The bars they sent me mixed six different types of bar. There was a, a Classico bar, which was quite citrusy. There was a Chioco, which was kind of a cocoa one. Debosco, which is probably my favourite. That was a cram full of red berries, almonds, pistachios. And that's the one they say is good for endurance as well. So it kind of made sense that I took that on, on race day. Then a Pronto bar, which was was juicy figs, pistachios, and matcha tea. That actually comes with 80 milligrams of natural caffeine per bar as well, so it's designed specifically to improve alertness and concentration. The Avanti, which is sort of again full of dates, almonds, sea salt, and the Forza bar, which was, uh, I wasn't a fan of that one, but it was quite heavy in apricots, and I'm not a big apricot fan. But that one did come with some apricots and fennel, and there's 12 grams of uh, complete protein in that, so sort of a good refueling bar if you're looking for it. They're handmade from really good ingredients, and I think if you're looking for you know an alternative to the sugary bars that are out there, or gels, I think these are a really, really good option. They taste like proper food. They've had really, really good reviews. They've won taste tests. First time I've tried them, and I, as I say, I use the, the, the Debosco bar uh, as a kind of a breakfast replacement for the world's. I may not have had the best race. I don't think there's any 
thing to do with my nutrition necessarily. I, I think the bar was a really good sort of breakfast replacement bar. If you want to feel like you're not eating synthetic food, a lot of them are vegan friendly as well. And it, you know, it's nice just to be eating something that you know is, is natural. So but nutritionally, there are about 280 calories per gram for the average bar, and each bar is about 70 grams. Uh, most bars have about five to six grams of protein. There is, as I say, a couple of bars which have a few additional things, uh, like the caffeine, which is in the Pronto bar, and like the uh, protein, which is in the Forza bar. But listen, take a look at their website, velofort.cc, try them out. But I think they're, they're a new product to market, and um, yeah, I definitely recommend them. 100% natural, good way to, to fuel yourself. Would they be John? So today in um, Would They Be John and OCR, Alistair Brownlee, the older Brownlee brother. Would he be John and OCR? Pardon me, I'm defending Alistair Brownlee, I believe. Nick, you're on John's team. Well, John will win, obviously, because they're pretty much the same kind of athlete, same kind of 10k times. Titles has he won, James? How many titles has Alistair Brownlee won? Um, In short, all of them. How many obstacle titles? Well, actually, you say that. Alistair Brownlee has won an obstacle race in the past. So I'm going to sit down here and look very smug. Not against John Alden, though. No, no, he uh, raced his brother, who is also quite good. Uh, so uh, Alistair Brownlee has run the nuts race. Nuts 4x4. Four four. So I'm sitting on that one quite smugly. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know how that like helps you. How's, how's because he's done an obstacle course race before, so you can't even say he doesn't know what he's doing in an obstacle course race. Helps this history section. Yeah. Right, so give us the 10k times. Yeah, did you see it? His 5k PB is 14.01. His 10k PB is 29.54. Okay. Alistair. Yeah. I thought we passed that. 28.32. It was probably at the end of a... 28.32 we've got on down here. On track, probably, that is. Alistair. Oh, I'm looking at Jonathan Brownlee. Oh, boy. Just winning this one for me, isn't he? Just winning this one for me. And we can't forget Alistair's heroic efforts at Cozumel, Mexico. Right. ITU. Oh, Brownlee. where he... Died and carried yeah. his brother. Yeah, we well, picked up Johnny, even though Johnny was ahead. Not sure where that really bodes in this, but. And right now he seems to have lost control of his legs. And this is worrying. Oh, and he's starting to slow. He's losing his sense of direction. This is worrying. Oh, goodness me. This is a horrible sight. Alistair's stopped to help him along. And Alistair is going to try and carry his brother home. Dramatic scenes in Cozumel as the Olympic champion carries his younger brother towards the podium. We've never seen anything like this before. I think the main you've got to understand here is Alistair's just lost a fair few races in his career, and John hasn't. John's lost races. John didn't come. To, John didn't win the Spartan race either, did he? He's not lost as many as Alistair. Really and Alistair's lost to his less capable brother. Less capable. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Oh, sorry, so you seem to be on the Mother Squad site there, just checking out Brownlee Brothers' take on the Nuts Challenge in Wales. Yeah, I want to see how, how poorly they did, so I can give you some uh, yeah. justification as to why John would beat him. I mean, it wasn't a particularly technical course, but then neither is a Spartan race, so well, they won by a long way. I've actually been in the lab with Dallas Brownlee, swimming and running. How was that for testing, you? Testing the, how they respond to heat. How do they respond to heat? Well? <laughs> well, obviously not well, if they've collapsed in hot races True. before, but they weren't the best prepared, if we're honest. No. No. Well, I think you need to lay your case down as to why Alistair would beat John. Uh, he's faster. Over what distance? Well, we're going for Spartan race distances here. So Alistair Brownlee does half Ironman, anything between 10k and half marathon. How are they at Hills? Alistair Hills? I don't, don't know. I'd imagine pretty good. Yeah. But probably not as good as John. Probably not as good as John, but how... Sky Race Series champion. Sorry, I didn't realise we were racing Sky Race. My bad. <laughs> we were talking about who's better on Hills. Who's, what's John's 10k time? It's probably going to be around 32 minutes. Nah, I'd be quicker than that. 
I don't know what it is. I've won at 32, 55. Yeah. I'm pretty sure John's quicker than me. But is it 28, 32? No, he's probably a little slower. So speed gets to... That's on a road, road surface. That might even be on track. May even be on track. Yeah. Pretty mule. Sorry, I'm... On... The fact that, you know, Becky is arguing for John, even though she's on your team here, kind of means that John would be... And the guest. No, Alistair Brownlee has won so many things and he's done an obstacle race. We've never had to bring across a faster this athlete than John that's done an obstacle race. And as many times as you've sit there and tried to defend it, I've oh, always won on the principle that they've never So let's use Nuts Race then, give him a bit of advantage as the terrain. So John is racing Alistair at Nuts. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm not going for Nuts, I'm going for the Spartan Race that we're sticking with because we have to use the same not race as the last race. Not as ready. Hard ground underfoot. Mm. Spartan mm. Race don't tend to send you across ankle-breaking fields. They send you down pretty decent trails for most of the time. Thing is, Alistair's been wow. beaten loads of times in different races but Alistair is by athletes not almost an Olympic beat. champion in a proper sport brother Alistair was intent on making history he powered clear on his way to retaining the Olympic title but he can beat him by athletes not as good as him that worries me but how many times has he raced so John doesn't really get beaten by athletes not as good as him it's happened so the second I think psychologically here you know John takes a nice little lead in a race and he's going to go he's probably better than me I'll take second no I think uh, Alistair Brownlee's got nothing to worry about here he's going to get to the obstacles 10-15 seconds beforehand he, he has no strength so unlike down. previous debates where they've had to he's got no strength sorry I could have sworn he was a triathlete yeah, I should have your previous argument. Short said, distance. Short doesn't make a difference. 3.8 I'm not asking to do a monkey bar for four and a half miles. I think it's strong enough. Yeah, thank you. I think it's quick enough, strong he enough. He can cycle that So if we, were, if we were grading he's, them. He's, like, if you look at their body types, they're pretty similar. Pretty similar. So it's not like he's really weak compared to John. So speed, Alistair. Thank you. Good night, yes. showcase. Yes. Not, not at Spartan. Conversation before, the one thing about Oscar races is the breaking rhythm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Alistair's only used to running with rhythm. It's not. He doesn't do interval training. Yeah, are you no, suggesting that not a competition level? You're suggesting it's that very different. I can do a hit session or an interval session and I'm doing fine. As soon as you hit an obstacle race, you actually have to stop obstacles and do them. You get your heart rate down and recover. Mm-hmm. Bit almost like transition time. time in cycling between cycling and swimming or running. And, yeah. Well, no, because there's no physical exertion in the transition. And he's got so much speed, he's got time. There's no, no, would so not be no physical, have you seen how quickly they run in and get a bike and push a bike out? That's pretty physical. Yeah. It's not, not as physical as doing a ring. Let, I mean, <laughs> you know like Rings are easy. You know what it feels like to go from cycling to running instantly? Yeah. Well, actually, you know, I, I think the transitions, I don't think, it's, it's actually a really easy transition because if anything, you run too fast off the bike because your bike, your legs are spinning weird, right? quicker. Not really, not really used to it. Not, not that really Do it all the time. The main issue with running off the bike is you run too fast because your legs spin at the speed of the yeah, bike. Yeah, you're off the end. So I don't, I don't think that's a fair, I don't think that's a, that gives you anything at all that's no breaking rhythm if anything you've got to be more disciplined off the bike because you run too fast mm. he's going to be used to being in a bad place after a swim I mean you've done the swim in an iron yeah, you go from swim to bike not swim, not, not, not swim to bike yeah but it doesn't matter it's still pretty horrible no because you can run out, you get your breath back quite easy on the bike because you're in that position what are you thinking the he spin, doesn't have though. the experience of doing he might do insulin training but the experience yeah. John has and the one thing that makes him amazing is he's able to go to an obstacle and you're a big fan of Leon and you've heard his podcast and him talking one thing he does is he doesn't need to Stop being able to do this one, yeah. one thing. That's what's living out. And that's what John has. And Alistair won't have that. He's going to have to stop, look at the obstacle, work it out, and recover and get back up to speed. But he is used to swimming at the start of a triathlon race with a competitive environment. Those starts are manic. Like they can't. They are, but it's still breathe. based on rhythm. They're not stop start. No, not when people are kicking you and pulling you and splashing you. He's at the front. 
Wait. They're all kicking each other. In which other. case, there's probably Spanish trying to rip, or the Polish, I might just go for it, trying to rip his timing chip off his ankle. It's cool. so vicious at the start of a trial, but I think that, that is not... It's not the same okay. Scott start every 250 metres stopping for an obstacle. It's not every 250 no, metres in a Spartan race. We're talking 25k for a beast and 25 obstacles. He's got a kilometre. He's doing interval training and having a rest break, cup of tea, waiting, seeing how John does the obstacle. So we're saying speed's probably a draw then? No. No! Speed goes to Alistair. Start Spartan race just gone. Alistair turns up on the start line and you'd put your £5 on Alistair, not, not John. I'm a student. If I had £5, I would put it on <laughs> Alistair. Becky? Yeah. Press start and move. Okay. And what now? Endurance. Endurance. It could be a draw, frankly. I, I can't see... I don't think endurance is relevant. They both go for longer distances than this. They both I'll go for longer distances. I'll go with a draw. 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 Good Obstacles. Oh, it's got to go, John. Every it's time we do this... Hey, this hey, hey Alistair Bramley won nuts 4x4. Four four. And that's all you need to know. That is probably one of the most intense obstacle courses I've ever heard of. <laughs> this is the one thing we do every time we do this, is John always wins obstacles. Yeah, I can't argue that. He's obstacles so Could go either way here. John's won a lot of obstacle course races, I'm told. And Spartans. Um, and Spartans, I'm told. A Spartan world champion. And he came fourth at the World Trail Championships, didn't he? But Spartan, which, Beaten is, which, by is, another the, British which is the terrain Spartan. that we're racing on, which is Spartan course, where he's world champion. However, we both know that no two races are the same. So you could be the Spartan world champion, and then still a couple of weeks later, say, come not first in the Spartan trifecta race. So yeah, that was two weeks after the world champs as well. So which everyone else was racing at, and a week after he did the. Uh, for those listening in, I'm just visualising myself crying a river for. And he then did the on, which he won, which is like 60k mm. for two yeah, days in a row. Oh, 60k for two days, so easy. No, that's often, yeah. Mm. And Ben went rocked up and Spartan, plus flight times. You mean nap times? He's having a busy end of year. <laughs> Yeah, so I think like I think history's a draw. Yeah, John's won loads, but Alistair has just been trained to a higher level for longer. He doesn't have to worry about. And I think he's won more competitive races. Yeah, exactly. He's used to competing. Strength. Who is stronger? Again, we have to use the argument that we used last mm. time, which is who's going to be quicker at a strength carry. I it's actually think it kind of equals it itself out in a weird way here. I think this is very close. Give me a draw. Yeah, you certainly can't beat John. Yeah. If we come into a third draw, yeah, shit. But still, John's undefeated. Yeah, I think this is a draw. Is so triathletes are a good com- competition for the We've picked discovered. two of the best ones. So yeah. we're sticking that this is being a draw. The audience gets a vote. Okay. Alistair or John. Well, that's anticlimactic, isn't it? Competition time! An athlete shout outs. Well, I was going to nominate Becky today because if anyone hasn't seen Becky's footage of doing a salmon ladder at... Uh, I haven't seen it. No, oh. I was trying not to show you. That's why. Oh. There's a great bit of footage where, where Becky, I don't know how she doesn't break her neck. She... It still hurts. The man's on your head. It was a long day and I shouldn't have been doing it. But yeah, I did. I landed on the back. Thank you to Becky. Otherwise known as Dick of the Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you gymnastic to you in the past. Dangerous. I don't know how it happened. Your gymnastic yeah. bag must have helped you with the flexibility. Yeah, thankfully really, I was all right because that could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Anything else we missed? Any other worlds? Any other big things that we need to be commenting on? <laughs> Rhea Cable didn't come to the OCR World Championships, but she did win back-to-back World Tough Mothers. She's pretty impressive. 75 miles. What's the World Tough Mother? 24 hour version of Smarton, like Love Mother. It's in Atlanta this year, for Vegas. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Can't believe Ryan at the World Championships come in seventh or something, didn't he? I think also mentioned for Rebecca Hammond from America, came in yeah. second or fourth. So the World course. Championships has been yeah. racing OCR for maybe eight months. Yeah, really good. Med student, hard of me. No, I had to chase her down Track in the um, team event. She was yeah, the runner for their team, I had to chase her. Really good.
We hope you've enjoyed this two-part series to episode four of OCR Disrupt. Thank you ever so much, Becky Rendell, for joining us as our special guest. I'm sure if we're recording opposite you in our usual venue that you'll be a part of this podcast again. But thanks so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on board. I'm Nick Day. This is James Ruckley, and we are OCR Disrupt. See you soon. Oh, and please like, share, and review the podcast. Please also get involved in the facebook.com OCR Disrupt chat. Get involved in the debate. Add your athlete shout-outs. And hopefully we can include you all in the next episode. For now, over and out. See you soon. You've been listening to the OCR Disrupt podcast. If you want to join the conversation, check out the OCR Disrupt Facebook group and get involved in the debate. Until next time. CR Disrupt with Nick Day and James Buckley. It might get a little controversial, yeah, it could get a little ugly. Keep it hella entertaining every single time. You can never hate this. Keep it authentic, just face it. This is way more than just racing. Yeah, yeah. A community that's bigger every year. Fastest growing mass participation sports in the world. You ain't down with OCR Disrupt, you must be out your mind. Every time they keep it live, time to tune in and subscribe. Woo!